You're listening to the Melting Podcast. A little of everything from everyone, everywhere. With your host, AF Grappen. Welcome to episode 9 of the Melting Podcast. I'm back. No, you're AF. I'm AF, and this is Aaron. Yeah, I think they know me by now. I'm back. You're back. Hey. So, did you escape unscathed? I have some bruises, but they're healing up nicely. This is your Valentine's Day special. Ooh. And I really didn't want to have to deal with Aaron and Theo kissing the whole time, which is why he has been banned from this episode. It's Valentine's Day. It is Valentine's Why am Day. I with you? Because we recorded this in advance. Shh, you're ruining the magic. So for our Valentine's Day special, we have a rather magical main ingredient story for you. You might remember Austin Malone from our Halloween episode. <laughs> ah, ah, it was scary. And he's back with a Valentine's Day story that is full of love. We'd like to thank our guest voice actors for this story, Nobilis Reed and Jeff Brackett. Here's the story. Valentine's Day on Mount Olympus by Austin Malone Blindfolded, she sat and awaited her husband's latest surprise. The air stirred near her head, bearing his earthy scent, and something soft and wet brushed her lips. With an indulgent smile, she opened her mouth, allowing him to place the morsel upon her tongue. She closed her mouth as he withdrew, pressing her lips against the utensils. Smooth and round, chopsticks? As they were drawn gently away. Her tongue explored the treat, finding the underside to be rough and grainy with a subtly tart sweetness. Atop this was a smooth, velvety strip with a richer umami nuance to its sweet flavor. Delighted by the contrast in texture and tone, Persephone began to chew. Do you like it? He murmured from somewhere behind her. She swallowed and nodded emphatically. It's wonderful, darling. What is it called? And is there more? He chuckled. <laughs> the people of Japan call it sushi. And yes, my love, there is more, in an appreciable variety, as luck would have it. Oh? I've been dying to try these recipes. So, naturally... When Poseidon came to me for a favor, I jumped at the opportunity. Persephone grinned. I'm glad you did. I just wish you'd let me tell the others what a magnificent chef you are. Now, now, he said. I've a reputation to maintain, after all. I know, she sighed. It just annoys me sometimes. Our story depicts you as a rapist and I a simpleton. Imagine! Myself, the maiden of bountiful harvests, never having eaten a pomegranate before. Hades chuckled softly. Mortals hear only what the muses see fit to whisper to them. What does it matter, so long as we are happy? I know, she repeated. Here now, he said. Enough of this talk. You simply must try this bubble tea concoction. I still haven't made up my mind whether or not I like it. She perked up, but before Hades could bring the cup to her lips, the dining hall echoed with a howl as three canine voices harmonized in a bugling outcry that vibrated the very air. Persephone frowned. Are we expecting company, love? Hermes, he growled. 
He's the only one who can enter my domain with impunity. Confound it all. He'd better have a damned good reason for interrupting our time together. Shall I leave the blindfold on? She purred. After all, we must tend to your reputation. Hades snorted. <laughs> Not a bad idea at that. In fact, now that you mention it, you really should be tied up. Would you prefer rope or irons? Oh, dear, Persephone said in mock distress. I think we need a safety word before we go any further. The safety word, he intoned solemnly, is wombat. She lost it then, and Hermes entered the hall to find them collapsed in a heap on the floor, giggling like <laughs> lunatics. <laughs> the messenger cleared his throat. <clears> throat> Persephone hooked the blindfold with the tip of a finger and squinted up at his angular form as he hovered above them, winged sandals fluttering. Oh, hello, Hermes, she gasped out of breath. Would you like some sushi? He peered down his narrow nose at the dining table and sniffed audibly before replying. Ah, yes, mortal food. No, thank you. I'm sure I would love to, but we haven't the time. Olympus is in a state of emergency and your presence was explicitly requested. Immediately. Hades rose to his feet. All right, he muttered. Just give me a minute to get affairs in order here. Not you, Master Hades, Hermes said. Eros is stirring up trouble, and his wife seems to think that Persephone can help. Now Persephone stood to address Hermes. Psyche sent for me? The messenger nodded. Indeed. She turned toward Hades. Darling. He smiled and leaned in for a kiss. Of course you must go, he whispered. It's Psyche. Just be aware that I'll be keeping track of every second you're away. And I'm expecting you to settle your accounts the instant you return. Mmm. <laughs> Won't that be interesting? Hermes cleared his throat again. <clears throat> Reluctantly, Persephone moved away from her husband to face the messenger. She knew that it was impossible to tap one's foot in an impatient manner while hovering in midair, but Hermes somehow managed it. Come on, then, she said, looping her arm through his. There was a blinding flash of silver, and when her vision cleared, she saw a tableau that was all too familiar. The gods were arguing. Well, two of them were anyway. The third was watching a giant wall-sized flat-screen television from the comfort of an overstuffed bile green armchair. Persephone looked around. No sign of Psyche. It seemed odd that Psyche would request her presence and then not be there to greet her. Then again, having begun her life as a mortal, Eros's wife might not feel comfortable stepping into the crossfire of an Olympian family dispute. Immortals they may be, but Zeus's wrath was legendary and few were foolhardy enough to induce it intentionally. Eros appeared to have forgotten that fact, as it was he who was now facing Zeus, his chin arrogantly upthrust. You are being unreasonable, Zeus thundered, jabbing a massive finger in Eros's chest. Irresponsible. Eros bore the blow, took a single step back, and folded his arms across his chest. His golden hair rippled like liquid sunlight as it settled into place, and his voice rang clear as a bell. Asking for a little recognition in an otherwise thankless job is neither unreasonable nor irresponsible. Pipe down over there, Ares yelled from his armchair. I'm trying to watch the Palestinians and the Israelis. These people are incredible. See that kid there? The one running all crying and scared like into that militia encampment? Little bastard's wired. He let out a guffaw. Ha ha ha! And you people thought the Trojan horse was innovative. 
I got nothing on these guys. Disgusted, Persephone looked away from the screen. The sound of the explosion was mercifully cut short by Ares' howls of laughter. She missed Hades already. Zeus laid a hand on Eros' shoulder and spoke in the tones of a man repeating an old argument. Eros, you are a god. If you want some kind of recompense, you take it. Demand it from those you serve. Eros slapped Zeus's hand away. Oh, sure, he spat. That's easy for you to say, Mr. Bull, Mr. Swan, Mr. Oh, look at me, I'm so intimidating and large, you can help but do my bidding. Meanwhile, here's my earthbound form. Eros imploded in a puff of pink smoke. It cleared to reveal a chubby baby with tiny white wings, a toy bow and arrow clutched in one plump fist, hovering in the air a few inches from Zeus's nose. Persephone covered her mouth to hide a smile. Here it is, Zeus, he yelled. Wanna try it on? Didn't think so. On a scale of one to ten, the humiliation factor stops just short of go off quietly into the woods and shoot yourself. Seriously, man, looking like this? How am I supposed to demand what I'm due? Do? Ares growled from the armchair. I'll tell you what you can do. Do your damn job, you whiny little brat, before I spit you on my spear and try out the new rotisserie Hephaestus rigged up. Eros quivered with rage. Fine, he snarled through gritted teeth. Then, in a puff of pink smoke, he was gone. Ares muttered something that sounded like, Damn right, and settled back into his chair. Persephone turned her attention to Zeus, who shrugged sheepishly as he walked over to greet her. Father, she said. Persephone, he sighed, folding himself around her in an embrace. You really should visit more often. We've missed you. What's this all about? I'm not certain, Zeus replied. The mortals are celebrating Valentine's Day today, and for some reason Eros has been unusually difficult about performing his duty. It makes no sense. This is the day his services are most in demand, the day mortals are most likely to recognize his influence. I would have expected him to be eager to get to work, but up until a moment ago, he has refused to budge. Persephone furrowed her brow. What does he want? I have no idea. I don't think... Her father's reply was cut short by a strangled outcry from Ares. Zeus looked up and broke away to stand behind the armchair. Persephone followed, looking at the screen to see what had caught their notice. The survivors of the encampment explosion were facing a ragtag band of assailants, and whirling like a dervish in their midst was Eros. No, growled Ares. The cherub's hands moved faster than Persephone could perceive, sending Eros flying in all directions. Within a few seconds, the gunfire ceased, and each opposing faction was smiling at the other. One by one, they walked to their opposite number with arms outstretched. Zeus! Ares held. Make him stop! Hermes! Persephone didn't see Hermes move, but heard the air clap itself together over the hole he left behind. Then a quicksilver blur streaked across the screen, and Eros was gone. An instant later, in a staccato crack of thunder, Hermes reappeared, a struggling cherub clutched under his arm. Get off! Eros snarled, popping back into his true form and falling to the floor. Ares drew his sword and lunged at Eros with a howl. If you ever do anything like that again! I will, Eros said. To all the war zones all over the world, and you can't stop me! Ares halted, eyes narrowed. You wouldn't dare. Persephone intervened, stepping between the two to address Eros. Please don't do this, cousin, she implored. You would upset the already tenuous balance that allows us to coexist. By doing something like this, 
you would be declaring war on Olympus. Even if our brethren didn't exterminate you outright, you'd be forced to live out your days in exile, and I would miss you. He sighed, meeting <sighs> her eyes for the first time. They won't even hear what I have to say, he said. I hadn't yet begun to express my position before I was shouted down. She caressed his cheek fondly. Then do so now. What is it that you want? A cake, Eros said, setting his jaw and casting a defiant glare at Ares. Ares exchanged a puzzled frown with Zeus. Cake? Eros nodded. That's right. A birthday cake. It's my special day, whether I like it or not, and I'll be damned if I shoot another arrow before I've eaten a slice of birthday cake. Handmade, mind you. None of that powdered store-bought crap. Persephone couldn't help it. She exploded in a fit of giggling at the baffled expression on Zeus's face. Perplexed, Zeus spread his hands. But we dine on ambrosia and nectar, Eros. What do we know of cake? It's okay. Persephone laughed, taking Eros by the hand to help him up. She understood Psyche's plan now. Psyche's final trial as a mortal had been to descend into the underworld to retrieve a favor for Aphrodite. Hades and Persephone were so unaccustomed to visitors that they'd been happy to host Psyche for as long as she wished to stay. In the process, Psyche and Persephone had become fast friends, and Hades had found someone else to impress with his culinary skills. Persephone wrapped an arm around Eros's waist and led him away, calling back over her shoulder. Do not worry, Zeus. The balance will not be upset, and you have Psyche to thank for that. Meanwhile, I happen to know a magnificent chef. Austin Malone is a writer of short fiction who lives in Houston with his wife and daughter. Instead of plugging his work, he'd like to take this moment to wish a happy Valentine's Day to his lovely wife of 13 years, for whom he wrote this story. Happy, happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Chris. I love you. That is so sweet. That Austin, 13 years. Congratulations, man. Yeah, congratulations. That was a really fun story. I hope we did it justice, and I hope your wife enjoys it. Again, because I'm sure she's read it before. We're going to take our usual post-story break for a promo. And this is a very special promo. You're going to love it. I know I do. You're already busy dominating the world, but how are you at dominating the human heart? Tired of the villain bar scene? Afraid to look for dates amongst your minions? Then maybe OK Satan is the site for you. OK Satan matches you with compatible fiends in your area. Whether you're looking for something casual, or you want to be tied up and thrown into the back of a van, OK Satan has the person or other sentient creature you're looking for. Best of all, it's free. So sign up and create your profile at OKSatan.com today and find the love every villain is looking for. Or else. Members of OK Satan may be asked to surrender ownership of one human soul before matches can be made. Void in Utah. OK Satan. The best dating site for villains in the known universe. Hear this and more at Supervillain Corner. Supervillaincorner.podbean.com Was that promo really appropriate? Hey, villains need love too. Okay. So don't forget, prompt number three will be expiring in two weeks. On the 28th, we'll be releasing a whole new prompt on March 1st. If you want to go and review our prompts, you can just check out themeltingpodcast.com slash prompts, and you'll find them. Or check out our Facebook page. Which we have now. 
for a while. It's fancy. Not really. It's Facebook. Yeah. So I do just want to say, you know, in honor of Valentine's Day, listeners, we love you. We do love you. And if you hate Valentine's Day, good for you. If you love it, good for you. If you're just waiting for February 15th, National Chocolate Goes on Sale Day, we're right there with you. Well, Word Chefs, that is our episode. Just want to say, you know, we love you. Very much. Oh, so very much. Send us stuff. Yeah. You know, this does feel a little bit like a one-sided relationship. You need to, you know, give the love back. Send us flash fiction. You know, words, stories. Heck, just send us a dirty tweet or something. (laughs) We'd be happy to just read a bunch of tweets someday for an episode. That would be awesome. Yeah, give us feedback um, if you want to put up a review on iTunes. Let us know what you want to hear from us. Yeah, if you have any ideas for other types of episodes we can do, we are always looking for more ideas. More segments. More, Yes, absolutely. We are uh, planning on doing some interviews. Um, We will be at Balticon 2015. Yeah. So that's a few months away. But after that, you should be getting some panels, some interviews. You should be getting some new material. Which is going to help expand us a little bit, be able to put out episodes a little more frequently, we hope. We're just looking for more material. So if you want more of us, give us more stuff. I have been considering adding a short book review or book of the month or something along those lines to our episodes. Just a little one-minute segment or something like that. So let us know if that's something you'd be interested in. I do a lot of reading. I'd love to share what I read with you guys. Another that we've considered is... Comparing book to movie transitions. How did the movie stay true to the book? How did it not? And how could it have been better? This is also something that we've considered. A lot of the popular books these days are being turned into movies, TV series, and a lot of the fans tend to, you know, fight. There's the book fandom and then there's the, hey, it's a famous movie now fandom. Which camp are you in? They are two different worlds. So those are just some of the thoughts we've got. Let us know if that's something you might be interested in hearing. Please. I love you. We already told them we love them. You you cannot say it enough. There is no such thing as too much love. We love you. So much. We're going to drown you in it. Not literally because that would imply death and then they'd never send us stuff. Oh, good point. Yeah. We will be signing off. So don't forget on this Valentine's Day to take your words and feed the masses. Thank you for listening to The Melting Podcast. You can find our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. Find us on Twitter at MeltingPodcast or email us at themeltingpodcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it, as long as you don't change it, don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are from the Free Sound Project, and the music is by Drew Rich Creek. Let's get this party started. I just wish you'd let me tell the other... No, that didn't come out right. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that. I'm going to give you some howls. The people of Japan call it sushi. And yes, my love, there is more in an appreciable variety. Appreciable variety. Variety. (laughs) Ha ha. 
Ah, yes, mortal food. No, thank you. I'm sure I would love to, but I want Shatner. Yeah, <laughs> Those aren't howls. Ah! Ah! Our story depicts you. I lost my words. Hermes. Wundstrom. <laughs> Dinkelberg. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still pegging it. I'm going to move back a little further. He's pretty and he knows it and he's in charge of love. And he's pissed. I don't want to say go gay, but go bye. Oh my. <laughs> Jesus, this is tough. <sighs> Eros is stirring up trouble and Eros... Damn it. <laughs> he doesn't think anybody can help. <laughs> the air stirred near her. Oh, sure. That was gay. <laughs> that was full on. It was, yeah. That was full on flame right there. Yeah. Flame on. I, is this appropriate? Flame on. Yes. That's easy for you to say, Mr. Bull. Not that gay. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't howls. I'm not sure what a howl, human howl sounds like. <laughs> All right. She perked up, but before Hades could bring the cup to her lips, the dining hall echoed with a howl as three canine voices harmonized in a bugling outcry that vibrated the very air. <sighs> very long sense. Okay. Persephone turned her attention to Zeus, who shrugged sheepishly as he walked. Oh, God. Ish. 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 Smoothed. Ah. Nuance. Aries exchanged a puzzled expression. Ah. Frown. He exchanged a frown. <laughs> Smoke your snoring, baby. I'm sorry. But there are no cats snoring on Mount Olympus. <laughs>